Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors. I'm your host here as always, Chris Flaming. And today I have the honor of welcoming Courtney Epps to the show. Courtney is the founder of OTB Tax Headquartered in South Carolina, but serving clients in multiple states. She is a tax strategist, speaker, and twice published book author. Courtney, thanks for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, let's jump in. Okay, so I'm sure you have kind of an interesting backstory. Maybe you can take me through what led you to opening your own firm, your own practice, where you are today. So, um, you know, I really didn't want to be an accountant. I don't think people wake up and say, hey, I want to be an accountant, you know, for a living. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, actually, I was my goal was to be an anesthesiologist. And that's kind of what I thought I was going to be from the age of five. I ended up falling in love with a guy. And he told me that if I left and went off to college, he could not be with me. So I made decision not to go uh, about two months before my full ride at College of Charleston and uh, to become a doctor. And thank God I did that. You know, I'm not with him anymore. I ended up marrying him and having three children, but literally just was looking for the highest paid income that I could get. Mm -hmm. And that turned out to be an accountant in the, you know, close to home. So I went to Coastal. I started college when I was when I was 16 and I graduated at 20 with a five-year accounting degree. And I worked for a couple firms in during college and I worked for about nine months outside of college and I made it through my first tax season. And I said, you know what? Uh, This is not for me. Like I do not want to do this 120 hours a week. And uh, I actually quit right in the middle of tax season. (laughs) And so for the longest time, for about 16 years, I would do accounting part-time. I've owned just about everything you can think of, retail stores, wholesale companies, owned an insurance agency and built that up when I was in my late 20s to 3,500 clients in three and a half years. And But I would always do taxes January through April. And uh, I was got involved in network marketing. And about five years ago, I made the decision, I'm like, I'm really good at this. And if I would take this to another level and actually do it full time, then I could help change the lives of, of a lot of people. And so I, you know, five years ago, I made the commitment to do it full time, not to do anything else. And uh, here we are. And it has, uh, it's been a crazy journey, but we've, you know, gone from about $75,000 a year company to a $4 million company in that time frame. Okay. Congratulations. That's good. That's good growth, and that's an interesting backstory. You're kind of all over the place there. I'm always interested in learning how people got to where they are. So I'm curious, then, if you could go back in time and tell the younger you something, give the younger you some advice, uh, something you know now that you wish you knew when you started out, what do you think that would be? 
I think the biggest thing, and I do this with my kids, I'm like, I don't necessarily need them to go to college or want them to go to college. I want them to go find someone who is very successful in what they think they want to do and spend time with that person because I've I've been involved in a lot of personal growth and development and got involved in the Tony Robbins world and became a platinum partner. And, you know, could I have done things my way? Yes. Could I take information from other people who have screwed things up and made things, you know, have been unsuccessful? You know, I've lost everything I own twice. And could I have not done that? (laughs) Yes. Had I followed in the footsteps of other people? And that's I would say that that's the biggest thing for people today. I think we we try to make our own path when sometimes it's just easier to find the most successful person, maybe not even necessarily in that industry, because a typical accounting firm, you know, they grow around 10% a year and we're growing around, you know, 800% a year. But looking at other industries and seeing what are they doing? Because I can obviously do the exact same thing and I can do it a lot faster if I just model, model yeah. them instead of trying to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And isn't that isn't that a common misperception that a lot of people just think that talent drives everything? Like that person has that innate talent or they were born to do that. Well, there's been a lot of research on that where that really is true. Right. Um, yes, it can be helpful and and that, but that is not the the determiner of success. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And as I continue to to grow, the you know, it's I'm feeding on the knowledge. Like I want the knowledge from other people. Like, tell me how you got there. Cause it, I mean, if it takes you, if it took you 10 years to get there, I want to get there in six months. Mm-hmm. And you can easily do that if you just follow in the footsteps of the people who've already done it. Yeah. Avoiding the landmines that they already stepped in. Okay, so are there some areas of your business or your practice that you're getting the most enjoyment out of right now? So the what I do on a daily basis are tax strategy sessions. So I talk to every one of my clients at after their tax return is prepared. Okay. That's 98% of what I do. Obviously, I have okay. a, a team of people and what I love is to get on a conversation with someone and you know, they start off, I mean, after after my team has done everything in their power, has looked at everything that they can possibly look at based upon what the client is given. And then I can take, you know, a client from, you know, owing money to getting a refund or, you know, just asking them questions that they didn't give us, you know, information they didn't give us. It's not like the tax repair missed it. The problem is, is the client's not providing it. And so, you know, asking those questions ends up saving, you know, 10, 15, $20,000. And that's the, honestly, I hate taxes. I hate paperwork. (laughs) I love helping people and teaching them how to save more money so they can have more, live more and give more. Yeah. Well, and if you don't have the inputs, all the inputs and information you need, then you'll you'll have a less than desirable outcome. Correct. And that's, you know, people don't understand. It's like if every accountant understood the knowledge. Now, granted, we don't learn. We do not learn tax strategy in college. It's not a class. You know, we're taught by government employees to prepare tax returns. And most accountants are scared to death to provide the tax deductions for people that they really are able to receive. And most people have no clue that a CPA 
Once they become a CPA, they abide by something called a circular 230 rule. And that means you cannot be overly aggressive with the tax return. And if you are, you can lose your rights to ever file a tax return again. Mm -hmm. So they're scared into making you pay more money in taxes. And so obviously I'm not scared of that or concerned about that and never will be because I'm first and foremost an entrepreneur and I understand accounting on a different level than most accountants do. But the strategy is so much fun like being able to take someone to a place where they were paying a hundred thousand dollars a year in taxes and we've done that and take them to paying you know ten thousand dollars a year in taxes because of either changing some structures or you know listing deductions by doing their bookkeeping and getting missed deductions that's the fun part yeah well, and that's the puzzle, right, is, is putting those puzzles together yes. uh, for people uh, in a different way that they've ever seen and having a good outcome. Okay, so is there a misconception that people commonly have in working with you or your business um, that you help them over to come initially? So most of our clients, now, because I am a speaker, I, we don't get clients that just, you know, book a, a tax strategy session and don't know who I am. Okay. They already know they want to be our client. And it's been that way for the last three years and or either they're referred by yeah. someone to us. But as far as what I think the misconception is, and it's just across the board for accounting in general, is that you think that your accountant is supposed to save you money in taxes. Mm. And most accountants, I would say probably 95% of them, they are just taking your information and putting it into a tax software. Now, I don't suggest people do their own taxes because you're more likely to be audited and make mistakes, which causes more audits than anything else, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily tracking expenses or anything like that. But, you know, with when you understand that the majority of time, I mean, the government has created it or the IRS um, has created it to a place where you have four and a half months to do thousands of tax returns, mm -hmm. you know, as an accountant. And so there's not a whole lot of time for mm -hmm. one of them to get the information to you, you to get it all in a tax return and then have a conversation with every single one of these clients. And so they've made it very hard for people to save money in taxes for that reason and the time constraints. Mm -hmm. And when we started two years ago, I started getting to a point where I am going to have a conversation with you before your tax return is finalized because I want to make sure we're getting everything because it's we almost sandwich in uh, the tax return or, or whatever job we're doing. So you have a tax strategy session on the front end. We tell you what you need to do, what should be done, what structure it should be. And then we do the work. And then on the back end, I'm stepping in saying, okay, did we do everything we were supposed to do? Did we try everything? Did you give us everything? And when you do that, then you're maximizing what the client's going to get back. And obviously that is the greater good for everyone because we're pushing money back into the economy and creating more jobs. I mean, it just, it's a win-win situation for everybody involved. Yeah, and you don't you don't want to end up doing a bunch of amended returns Correct. after after the fact. You want to catch that before it actually gets yes. filed. Okay, so you've kind of touched on this, but can you kind of share with us how you went about picking the main services or the the thrust of your practice on on what you offer? 
Yep. So when I started kind of full time in this five years ago and made that decision, I actually leaned a lot towards fractional CFO work. Um, and the reason why is because I've owned so many different companies and so many different industries. And I became a fractional CFO for about 12 companies. And I thought that was actually what I was going to do consistently. Mm-hmm. And because I'm really good at it. You know, I'm really good. I don't think you can be a good C- CFO of a company unless you have ran companies, mm-hmm. right? Because it's something you learn. I mean, when you lose everything, when you gain it back, when you you built businesses and they've done well and you built businesses and they've been destroyed, you know the ins and outs of what you should or shouldn't do. And so as I started down the path and started teaching and educating tax strategy, I realized that I had to make a decision. What could I get my staff to do? What can I teach them how to do as opposed to me having to do all the work consistently? And the CFO stuff just got to a point I couldn't train someone to be a good fractional CFO. And so as my practice continued to get bigger, I wanted to help more people, not just 12. Now, granted, you're helping 12 companies that also have employees. But if you, you can help millions of people by teaching tax strategy and then and then thousands of them come to you begging for help and there's no one else to help them. So I gave up the CFO work about three years ago to do just specific tax. And we do we do bookkeeping. Um, a lot of our clients uh, are involved in home based mm-hmm. business. I would say probably now 75 percent only due to the sheer volume of uh, referrals that we get from the network yeah. marketing industry. And then a 25% of those are still brick and mortar. Okay. So that is a good lead into what I was going to ask you next. Do you have a description maybe of your typical or ideal client? So our clients are business owners, right? It okay. doesn't really matter what your income level is. We have clients who just get started and we set up their LLCs and their S corp elections. And, you know, so we help them get started and have that initial conversation on the things they need to do, help them with accounting software. And then all the way up, our largest clients, 120 million. And in the the home-based business space, our largest clients, 30 million. So it is, you know, it's crazy. People say every day, like, you know, you can't, you can't make a successful home-based business. Well, our accounting practice was hit a million dollars before we ever moved out of our home. And we had 13 employees working there. And uh, now we're actually, we just moved into a new home three months ago and I'm building out a five-car garage and we're moving all of our staff back to our, our house because we want, I, I work so much and I want to be here with my kids who I homeschool. And, you know, it's just a much better situation instead of our office being in a yeah. corporate setting. It's just yeah. so much better being at home. Well, you just got to make sure you have good air conditioning. That's right. We do. We do. <laughs> Very important in the, in the South. I'm in Florida, so I know exactly <laughs> how important that is. Okay. So you, you touched on those tax strategy sessions and um, maybe go through how, why you feel like they are so important. You, you, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but if you could dive deep into that. So I just kind of tell you, you know, the three things we really are focused on in tax strategy session, the reason why people ever pay in taxes is the biggest one is missed deductions, right? Okay. They're missing out on meals or mileage, cell phone, internet, business use of home. They can hire their kids and they may not have done that. You know, there you can put in swimming pools, exercise facilities, golf courses, tennis courts. If you have a house, if you have a home office, and that's one of the bigger reasons why we're moving back here. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to 
the swimming pool that we've got and the athletic facility. And so they're missing these deductions that they either, you know, they're a bookkeeper is not keeping track of or they're mm-hmm. putting them to the wrong category, like they're putting them as a personal expense, um, which is a lot of times what I see. You've got a W-2 employee typically who's a bookkeeper and that bookkeeper has no comprehension of, well, your cell phone, you know, W-2 employee's cell phone might be not a tax deduction, but my cell phone is, you know, I'm a business owner. So my plane tickets are a tax deduction, but the W-2 employees may not. So there's a, a lack of knowledge that comes with, you know, a W-2 employee because the things that they would consider not to be a business expense are truly business expenses. So missing deductions, either yourself or the bookkeeper. Then the second thing we address is the structure, making sure that someone's set up properly. And when someone hits around $15,000 a year gross, they should be an LLC, hands down. Um, $15,000 a year net after expenses, they should be an S-Corp election. And we help obviously do that process. So the structure. The third thing and the reason why people are overpaying taxes this is what we're addressing throughout the tax strategy session is payroll, that they're overpaying themselves way too much if they're if they have an in, in fact an S corporation. Mm-hmm. And that's typically going to handle the majority of, mm-hmm. of our clients. Then there's high level clients. If you make over a quarter of a million dollars a year, there's things like conservation easements, there's natural gas that you can invest in and get massive tax deductions. So it just gets better along the way. So we get them in, tell them what, you know, what we think that they've overpaid in taxes. They can go back and we can amend their tax returns, payroll tax returns if they've overpaid, and then what we would charge them moving forward. And so, you know, that's a very much a, that session is for the client. It's not for us. It's not a rah-rah session on why you need to hire us. Here's, here's what you're missing. These are the things you need to do. And here's how much we're going to charge you to do them if you want us to do them. Yeah. And do you partner with them in some kind of consulting way? Is it like a flat fee or is it a, or is it based on the complexity of the work? No, we charge it because we deal with so many, yeah. you know, just home, home, a lot of home-based business. We charge a flat fee. Okay. So it's, a, it's a certain fee for corporate returns, yeah. personal returns. Yep. Bookkeeping is based off of their gross sales just because okay. that works out mm-hmm. to be really uh, well. Payroll is a certain fee. So we, we send okay. them they pay the invoice and then we go to work. Makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. So are there some areas right now in the tax landscape uh, that are creating some conversations that you're having with clients or things that you're pointing out to them that have either changed or you feel like are really important? So, well, one, I do want to address because this has been, you know, people are freaking out over the last two weeks over this 87,000 IRS agents, you know, obviously being hired. I'm waiting Um, for them to Exactly. I'm like, one, they're not agents, right? They're not there to audit you. That was right. that's not the purpose of eighty-seven thousand armed uh, people. Hopefully, um, hopefully, some of them will be answering the phone. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That would be great. But so those are going to be criminal investigative division. So criminal activity is what those people are going to be focused on. And you don't need to be worried about them coming after you and auditing you. And for the majority of people, if you don't make between the level of $50,000 a year and $500,000 a year, if you're making that kind of income, 
then the IRS, you're very, very unlikely. It's like 0.001% likelihood that you're going to be audited. So, and the fact that business owners, people actually think the business owners get audited more. I have had six clients audited in 21 years. Mm -hmm. I've been an accountant, been doing this. You know, I did a lot of work during tax season, even though I, I still only did it, you know, a quarter of the year, I still did a ton of work on, on clients and we have 3000 clients today and you know, I've had six. So it's not as big of a deal as they think. Now, as far as um, being concerned about taking advantage of the deductions, you should not be. And I'll tell you why audits have nothing to do with the deductions that you take. It has to do with a complete increase in income. Like a, you know, if you increase five or six times, like the, what our firm has done that could trigger an audit just because of the sheer growth of our company yeah. or the the decline of a company. So if you are, you know, you're making $500,000 a year and then the next year you're making $100,000 a year, that could possibly trigger an audit, but your expenses have nothing to do with it. And people lose out on millions upon millions, probably billions of dollars a year because they're just not taking advantage of those tax deductions because they're scared and you need to stop being scared. So I think that's the biggest lie and deception of people um, in the IRS world. And here's the other thing. You know, there's some people that are very scared of, you know, if I don't have the money, I'm not filing a tax return. Mm-hmm. And the penalty of not filing a tax return is 10 times greater than the penalty of not paying the money. So you need to file the return because you get hit with a 5% penalty every month for not filing up to 25%. If you don't pay, though, it's 0.5%. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a law against not filing, excuse me, there's a law in this country against not paying or filing taxes, which is called tax evasion. Not a law against not earned. If you don't have the money, file your tax returns, get the IRS off your back, don't get hit with the penalties because they're far greater. And then when you have the money to pay, pay them. That's key information that people really need. Yeah. Or work out a payment plan or something. Yeah. If you're in communication with them and transparent, they're willing to work with you. Correct. Okay. So maybe you could share with us a client experience that you had without sharing any personal information on the client. Um, Maybe some problems they were facing and how you were able to dramatically improve their situation. Yep. I think the largest client that we, uh, we've gone back and got, well, the largest amount of money that we've gotten back for someone was $110,000 a year. And we went back three years and did that. And sadly enough, we couldn't go back further because the statute of limitations had already ran out. Right. And so we went and got them back and it was an accumulation of payroll tax dollars that they'd overpaid. So we amended payroll tax returns. And then on top of that, there were missed deductions. And so, you know, and, and that client did get all that money back. It, it was in the midst of the whole 2020 debacle when the IRS shut down and it took a little longer than expected, but in about a year, she got all of that money back. And that's life change. That was a year's worth of her take home money is what she received back that she had overpaid legitimately, morally, and ethically. Right. And uh, what, what, what would she, I mean, not, you don't know, but I mean, what can the person do with that money and the things that they can do for other others and for themselves or for family members or for employees? 
That's a big deal. So maybe you could share with me, we're kind of switching gears here, something that you're really passionate about personally. I noticed on your website, your mission statement Mm -hmm. for your business seems to be very intentional. So uh, why don't you touch on that? Kind of tell us about that. So about four years ago, I guess April of uh, 2018, I had a lot of medical issues in my past. And it's actually since I was 13 years old and all of those medical issues are gone now. And they have been for the last six years. And I started on a product that helped change that. And so that company that I bought that product with had a nonprofit called Manor Relief. And what they were doing was providing uh, malnourished and medically fragile children advanced immune support. And I love the company and I wanted to help the company, but I didn't have time, effort and energy and share with people that product. So I just reached out to the owner who is actually one of my clients now. And I'm like, look, how much was it, would it cost me to provide nutrition for children? And he said, $2. And I'm like, $2 a month. And he said, no, $2 uh, or excuse me, $2 a day. And he said, no, it would be $2 a month. It's about seven cents a day. And so for me, I said, you know what, how can I create a social business, a way that for every dollar that comes in, that is intentional that I'm giving back. And that's also a huge tax deduction as well for anybody who's listening. If you give from a gross income level, it forces that deduction to not hit your personal income tax return. It actually becomes a cost of goods sold item because it's based off of your gross sales. So that was about seven cents off the top. And we started doing that when we didn't have the money to do it. And uh, we went from uh, about $15,000 the first month and the check that we gave to the to man relief, it would have bounced, but it was going to be providing for 15,000 servings of advanced immune support to children. Mm. So we made that decision to do it. And that's about 500 kids a month or 500 mm. kids a day that we're providing for every, every day. And so now fast forward, you know, we're four years in and we're providing for 15,000 children every single day, which is kind of, cra- that just hit me. Like yeah. we were 15,000 servings a month. Now we're doing 15,000. Mm-hmm. And um, our life just got better as we continued to give back. It got better and better. And that's how I created the my mission statement. It said, you know, to teach more people how to have more money so that they can, they can save more, right? They can save more, have more, live more. And then the true meaning of life, I think, is to give back or to give more. And then from there, because I've done those things, I get to nourish more children by providing water and nutrition to them. And then we get to free more children from sex trafficking. And so we're working with some nonprofits doing that. And the crazy thing is, is that if you just provide water and nutrition to a country, we've actually seen that in Liberia, you can actually decrease sex trafficking by 85% Mm. because the reason why these children right. are being picked up is because of lack of funds yeah. or they couldn't, they would have to walk for water or to walk to go get the nutrition and they're not having to do that anymore. Yeah. Or maybe their family decided to, they had to make a really hard decision for resources or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. And that, and that's a, that's the mystery, right? The more that you, you give, it's not that you get more, but it's just like you end up being the one that maybe is just as blessed or more so. Yes. Not from a material thing standpoint, but then you can, that multiplies and you can help more people. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. So let's, 
switch back um, from a business standpoint, I'm curious going forward, what do you really see as the biggest opportunity for your business going into the future? So for us right now, I'm very happy with where we're at. You know, I mean, we will take on clients as we get referrals. You know, there's not a whole lot. If you compare where we are as an accounting practice and take apart all the partners of, say, uh, KPMG, which is the largest um, accounting firm in the country, we're bigger. We're doing more per partner because I only have one. You know, it's only me. And so we're very happy with the growth of where we are right now. My goal is to take, be very intentional on doing what's best for our clients and spending more time helping them and being very intentional on who we bring on into our firm because we're focused on helping people who want to take their money and and use that for good. Mm -hmm. So I have a membership. We have the books. You know, I speak a lot. And that's really a lot of my focus right now is to do that. I'm sorry. Somebody is literally flying over in like a parachute in my house. (laughs) Is it a banner? I've never seen that before in in my life. So, but, you know, we're looking for people that are really intentional on giving back, using their money for good instead of using their money for evil. Okay. And on the flip side of that, um, what do you think, Courtney, is the biggest obstacle or challenge that the business needs to overcome or will, will need to overcome in the future? I think the biggest thing for us as we continue to grow is the systems, putting the okay. systems in place. And obviously, we've gotten those systems really well and honed in. But as you continue to hire more people and you're not putting those... You, and their people are not following those systems yeah. that can destroy a company faster than I believe mm-hmm. anything else. So there's always can be really good intentions, but if everyone's not in line and, and following that system, I think one of the things that really sticks out to me in this, in the business world that Tony taught me is that it's not about the people that you hire. That's important. It's about the people that you don't fire that should not be in your business. And mm-hmm. so we're very intentional on who we hire and um, we are as, as soon as there's an issue and we know it and someone's not going to work out instead of waiting, you know, we go ahead and let them go because it's, yeah. you know, in the accounting world, you have to be very careful right now. The obstacle is, and I'm sure everybody is dealing with this on a business uh, standpoint is that uh, Chick-fil-A is paying just about as much as you would start someone out to work for you. And so people look at it, it's like, well, do I want stress or do I want to go say it's my pleasure? Right, right. <laughs> I mean, and so and get free food. Exactly. I mean, maybe I should go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but, you know, so that's that's the issue right now. Obviously, that's all going to come crashing down soon because people can't afford to continue buying fast food at the prices that they are. So they're going to continue to have to decrease and decrease. But, you know, all of this is going to work its way out. And there's definitely a huge light at the end of the tunnel and opportunity for people to make a buttload of money right now. And in the process, be able to save money in taxes because the tax code, you know, with what came in in 2018, especially with the qualified business income tax deduction, 
not having to pay taxes on 20% of your income from business, that's yeah. huge. Like, I mean, that was such a good law that got implemented in and you're far better off to be a business owner today than you ever would be a W-2 employee. It's just most people aren't willing to take the steps and say, hey, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. And there's a big risk associated with it. There's leaps of faith and yes, you have to deal with people as a manager. So there's, yeah, there's trade-offs on either way. You got yes. that right. So uh, Courtney, if people wanted to learn more about you or to contact you, what's the best way for them to do that? So uh, you can find me, you know, all over social media. I have a link tree, Courtney Epps Tax. And then my website is otbtax.com. So okay. buy the books, find me, you know, on my social media feeds, all that good stuff. Uh, book a tax strategy session there. You can find everything you need about me there. Okay, awesome. Courtney, I want to thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. This was very informative and I also had a lot of fun. It's been a real <laughs> pleasure to have you. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and watching the Confident Retirement Podcast. Brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we are raising the retirement confidence of everyday people to another level, one show at a time. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Be well. Thanks, Courtney. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.